Welcome to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast, where we go inside what makes a coach a coach. Learn everything you can of what the makeup of a program is from a standpoint of recruiting, scouting, fundraising, film, because then you'll always be an asset at any level. The Guardians of the Game podcast is a production of the National Association of Basketball Coaches and IMG and is brought to you by Wilson Sporting Goods. And now your host, Coach Dave Odom. Welcome back to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast. Today's guest is the young head coach and highly successful head coach of the Iowa State Cyclones, Steve Prom. Steve, welcome to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate you, uh, you guys having me on today. Well, uh, we want to. Uh, we like to have successful coaches on, a, on the podcast, and you certainly uh, qualify there. You've done a marvelous job in a short period of time out there at Iowa State, and you, you've taken an, a different kind of track than a lot of coaches. And I, I know everybody, particularly our young coaches, are going to want to uh, listen to that and, and, and uh, you know, kind of learn a lesson from that because I, I get calls all the time about – you know, how can I get ahead in coaches? You've taken a, an unusual uh, trail, and I want to talk about it. Let's go back and, and just kind of look at your early uh, childhood, and you got started. You were born up in uh, Vienna, Virginia, moved to Dalton, Georgia, went to uh, Oglethorpe uh, uh, for a cup of coffee, it looked like. I uh, didn't stay there that long. I uh, knew that uh, playing basketball was not necessarily going to be your forte, um, and decided to transfer to Alabama, uh, where you really got your first taste of coaching as a student manager in 1998, and and then later uh, as an assistant uh, to the uh, to the head coach. Now I'm assuming at that time Dave Hobbs was the head coach at uh, Alabama. Yeah, he was the head coach, and actually, uh, when I was at Oglethorpe, and you're right, it was a quick quick cup I, I drank about maybe just a sip of the coffee and I got out of there um I hit six threes in an exhibition game against Palm Beach Atlantic that was my claim to fame there and, uh but then I stayed the year and but coach Hobbs was the head coach and actually when I was writing letters to try to you know see if I could get on as a manager there uh, I was actually writing to your son because uh, Lane was an assistant there and, and but Lane was one of his roles there as the assistant was he was kind of in charge of the GAs and flash managers and kind of going through the hiring process and so uh, I was fortunate to get on there now now tell me about that a little bit now what what were some of your duties and you know uh did, I mean, did you did you sweep the floor I, I mean I know they got plenty of help there at Alabama no question about that but I mean your 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 uh your role to begin with was somewhat menial, I, I would think, wouldn't it? I mean, you you had to kind of start at the bottom and work your way up incrementally. Yeah, you know, it was a great experience for me. Uh, the biggest thing is, you know, like you said, I I, I love basketball, I love to play, but I had got to a point where it's the size. All right, do I want to play Division three basketball or do I want to get around a, a high major program? Um, to try to see if I could get into coaching. I actually, actually wanted to go into communications. That was one of the draws to Alabama, is really, really good communication school. And so, you know, as I got in there, I was like, well, maybe I'll coach. And then if I'm fortunate to have a good career coaching, then I can kind of finish up with the broadcasting. And so, but man, we, 
you know, you have at Alabama, you know, it's just like here at Iowa State, man. We've got 12, 14 managers. Um, you know, when I was there, I bet Coach Hobbs, I joke with him. He probably didn't know my name to my senior year. But, you know, it was a great experience. The best thing about it, you know, for me was just to watch kind of what all goes on at that level, the daily interaction of what makes a great staff, the daily interaction of what makes, you know, coach-player relationships successful, and then how much you have to work to play at that level and be successful. And so my favorite thing that I really enjoyed doing as a, as a manager there was to get with those guys after practice or on off days or in the evenings and really take them to the gym and get a chance to work them out and, and rebound. That's probably what I spent the most of my time doing. Uh, I really enjoyed that part of it. But, you know, if you had one airport run, you had a hundred you know, airport runs, whether it's picking up coaches uh, from recruiting trips or picking up recruits, uh, stuffing a lot of mail outs, you know, uh, licking a lot of uh, stamps and, and getting those out. And, and then obviously the laundry. And uh, But all of that stuff, you know, I think what's been fortunate for me coming up the way I came up in this business is I learned every phase of the program from a standpoint of, you know, fundraising, recruiting, how to run camps, um, you know, just so many different things, scouting, you know, to where, you know, when you start at a level like centenary or a manager, man, you've got to know all the intricacies of the program uh, because there's so much that goes into it. And so uh, I think the route that I went is, has been really, really helpful for me. Well, now let's, let's uh, uh, I got one more question about Alabama, then I want to move forward. Um, Alabama's unique. I mean, it's a football power. We just saw uh, in the last week or so they played in their umpteenth uh, final game, uh, not not quite as successful as they normally are, but uh, nonetheless, uh, just a great, great program. Uh, I knew Wimp Sanderson, who was the head basketball coach at, uh, uh, at Alabama before Dave Hobbs. I knew uh, C.M. Newton, who was the head coach at Alabama before Wimp Sanderson, and they all handled – the fact that football was king at Alabama. Is that something that you ever you, you observed, you thought about, or you just lived with it and you just said, that's just the way it is. We got to be the best we can be on our own. Yeah, you know, the one thing I think you realize down there, and this is just from my take, is just your fan base is only going to be what it is until kind of football ends. And then as you move into SEC play, I remember we beat number one Arkansas. Uh, back in 90, I guess it would have been 1994, the year they won the national championship. We beat Arkansas at home, you know, 66-64, and tremendous game, and Coleman Coliseum was electric and sold out. And, you know, back then, in my, my first couple of years at Alabama, we were, we were really good. I mean, we had Roy Rogers, we had Antonio McDice, who was uh, the second pick in the draft, Jason Caffey, who was a top-20 pick, uh, Eric Washington, who was a second-round pick. And so – you know, the SEC back then, you know, similar to where it is now, was, was just loaded with talent. Uh, but And so once you got an SEC play, you know, I think, you know, the fan base really came out and, and really supported it, you know, once football season was over. But, you know, I think the one thing you look at, and I think it's, it's kind of like here, like a place at Iowa State is, you know, our football coach here has done an amazing job. And our fan base, they really support everything. And uh, that's why it's, you know, fortunate to be here. But you know, uh, you know, Wimp is a, is a, is a legend and I, I got to know his son very well. And 
he did had an unbelievable run there. If you look at the success from Sweet 16s to SEC tournament champions, um, you know he he did an amazing job there. And so and I think Avery's doing a really really good job there now as well. You know, I I would think that uh, part of the being successful at a place like Alabama is learning to live not only live with football, but but let football work for you. In other words, you you, you I think you you put it really well. Um, you know that your fan base actually uh, changes once football season is over. I mean, the, the crowds begin to fill up Coleman Coliseum, and just being able to use that and live with that and work that and have it um, uh, to work for you is probably the key. I think uh, a guy like Rick Barnes right now is doing a great job of that at Tennessee. Yeah, and I think that's what you have to embrace. And it's, and it's for my situation here, taking over for a guy like Fred Hoiberg, who was the mayor and had such great success. I think you have to embrace that. You have to embrace, all right, you know, how can how can Fred continue to help this program? You know, how can he help our brand? And, you know, I can only imagine if you're bringing recruits in and you're saying, hey, Coach Saban, you got 10 minutes, 15 minutes to sit down here and sell how special this university is, um, the kind of impact that he can. And, you know, we kind of done that here, you know, to where, you know, football recruits will pop over here, basketball recruits will pop over to football. I think you can you, you can have it hand in hand. I mean, you look at University of Florida back with Urban and Billy Donovan and, and the job that they did uh, when they were, you know, winning national championships. And so I think when you have a – and Alabama football is really a machine now. I mean, just what Coach Saban's done there with six national championships and, you know, you know several runner-up finishes is you you got to let them help you uh, recruit and continue to get your brand out there. All right, so let's move forward here. Uh, your next stop, Centenary College in uh, Louisiana in 1998, and all of a sudden, here comes Billy Kennedy, uh, who uh, you spent a lot of time with early on, and I'm sure you're still you know, great friends and appreciative of the thing that he gave you. Um, the tale, be it true or not, I don't know, but everybody says Steve Prom lived in a basement dorm the first uh, year that he was at Centenary, he ate cafeteria food, and uh, just tried to uh, to uh, learn as much as he could in a short period of time. Yeah, no question. You know, I was at the at the University of Alabama, and I, I graduated uh, in December of '97. I got my degree. I finished student teaching that fall, and then stayed around that spring. And uh, Coach Hobbs, uh, you know, resigned that spring, and and then they hired Mark Godfrey. And so, you know, I'm. 21 years old, just graduated, trying to think how in the world I'm going to get into coaching. We've got all this stuff going on. And so um, I ended up uh, staying around to see, if, you know, hey, can I work with Coach Godfrey? Is there any way I can stay around here and maybe be a GA? And so I stayed around throughout that summer and worked. And then uh, one of the former assistants, Thad Fitzpatrick, uh, that worked uh, at Alabama for a couple of years when I was there was really tied into Billy Kennedy and they had worked together at Wyoming with Benny Dees. And he said, um, you know, Hey, I think I can get you this, you know, third spot at Centenary. Now, you know, it's no money. Uh, it's, it's actually, I think they actually told me it was 10,000 to start, but by the time I took the job, it was no money. And then, uh, you know, a meal ticket, um, and then a basement of the, of the dorm right across the street from the gold dome is where we played. And so, you know, I kind of battled back and forth and actually went to Coach Godfrey and I said, hey, Coach, well, what do you think is better? I've got a chance to go do this, um, you know, third assistant spot at Centenary 
or, you know, maybe I could stay here and, and still be a GA for you. And he said, he really gave me some good advice there. He said, man, I think getting on the floor and coaching and then obviously getting a chance to be around a guy like Billy Kennedy uh, with the reputation he had and the character that he had would be great for you. And he gave me two bits of advice that I really have kept true to and I think is really, really good. He said, number one, you know, when you start coaching, make yourself invaluable to the person you work for. Mm. And so I took that to heart really when I went down uh, to work for Coach Kennedy. And then number two, he told me, is learn, and it's kind of what I touched on earlier, that the path is learn everything you can of what the makeup of a program is from a standpoint of recruiting, scouting, fundraising, film, because then you'll always be an asset at any level. And so I went down. I didn't know what to expect. You're coming from Alabama. We're eating at Ruth Chris. We're traveling on charter jets. We're staying at Marriott. And I show up in Centenary College, one of the smallest Division One school in the country, and, you know, my dad dropped me off. He he helped me get down there. We took a U-Haul stuff, stuff down from, from Tuscaloosa. And we walked down to the basement of the dorm. And, man, that, that was a rough spot. And uh, and so uh, it was it was a basement to where I don't even know if it's had one of those, like, windows you kind of have, you know, that you can kind of peer out of a little bit. Kind of got the window sill out there. And, and <laughs> so every now and then the water, would, the, the rain would leak down the side of your, your room when, when it when it rained too much and so I had to go get a my biggest purchase that I bought there was a dehumidifier for to, to get all the moisture out of there but you know it was a that was that was a unbelievable experience for me from the standpoint of you got thrown right in the fire to where man I'm scouting I mean I remember my first scout was Campbell University uh, we played Campbell at home that was back when Centenary was in the TAC which is now the Atlantic Sun and so um, you know, that was my first ever scout and, um, you know, and coach has been so good to me over the years. I wouldn't be where I am without coach Kennedy. And I think that's the one you hear so many different stories about college basketball, but I think one of the coolest things is, you know, the mentorship that he, he was for me and that he provided for me over the years that, you know, he, he, he had me at Centenary. He took me with him to Southeastern Louisiana, um, he took me back at Murray State. He helped me get the job at Murray State. And probably one of the coolest moments between me and him, and I know I'm getting off the track of Centenary a little bit, but is my first year here at Iowa State, we played them at Texas A&M um, in the SEC uh, Big 12 Challenge. And I had just had my first born, and they beat us, and they were really good. We went to the Sweet 16 that year. They went to the Sweet 16 as well. But, you know, they asked a question about, the job and you know if he was proud of me and different things and he just started talking about seeing me grow as a man and as a father and that was pretty cool interview to watch you know for me and it 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 really makes you understand what's important in this game but so centenary we're a long way from centenary now and that's the one thing you keep preaching like to my managers that want to get into coaching is you're going to have to take some risks you're going to have to take some jobs that that are tough tough financially and Fortunately, you know, I had a really good support system that could ha- kind of help me through that beginning stages where uh, a good friend of mine, Roy Rogers, that played at Alabama, he was in the NBA at that time. He he helped me, you know, with some things and obviously had great parents. And so, you know, it worked out. Well, you you uh, you went on with Billy uh, to southeastern Louisiana and you were there five years. And then for some reason or another, you, you guys got separated for a year. You went to Tulane. I'm not sure what he did. 
of that one year. Maybe he stayed at Southeastern. And, uh, and the next thing you know, you're back together again. You're at Murray State, uh, which is, uh, you know, has always had a really, really good reputation as a basketball school up in uh, kind of the mountains of, of Kentucky. And um, you, you're, you're together again, and uh, you're making a salary, and you feel like a, a full-fledged head coach. But uh, tell us about the uh, experience at, at um, you were there for like five years as an assistant, and then, and then you took over as the head coach in 2011 and uh, stayed there through 2015, as if I've got my facts uh, exactly yep. exactly right. So what was it like being an assistant um, at uh, Murray State, a basketball school? I mean, they, they have good football there, but they, it's a basketball school. Uh, the arena there is – is a rocking arena. I've seen some games there, and um, and then you you became the head coach. What what was that like? That transition. Yeah, it, it was great. You know what happened, and just to touch on, I know you're that that time at Southeastern. Our last couple of years at Southeastern, you know, we won back to back conference championships, and our last year we went to the NCAA tournament, and it was kind of at that time where you know coach couldn't. You know, there was some jobs that, hey, you know, Tulane, he didn't, he didn't get. And it was kind of the, the fad right then, and it was, man, we're going to hire high major assistants, you know, instead of maybe promoting a low major head coach to a, to a job. And so coach went to the University of Miami for one year, uh, worked with Frank Hayes, and I, I went to Tulane and worked with Dave Dickerson. It was his first year as head coach at Tulane. It was actually a year of Hurricane Katrina, so that was probably the toughest most personally and professionally year of my life, just going through Hurricane Katrina. But then we joined back the next year at Murray State. And, uh, Murray is just a special place uh, for a lot of reasons for me. I spent up to 10 years there. Uh, it, it's Iowa State to me is like a, a huge version of Murray State in the standpoint of how they love their school, the great community that they have, um, the great people that are there, and just the – the admiration and love they have for their university and the passion they have for their sports teams. And so uh, I met my wife there. Uh, I had my first son there. Uh, all my wife's family is from there, so we go back there a lot. Um, and it's good to see that they've been able to, you know, my former assistant has been able to continue great, great success there. And uh, we had a great run. You know, we got there and uh, we replaced Coach Cronin. He did a great job. And I think it was our fourth year that, you know, there as an assistant, we beat Vanderbilt in the NCAA tournament. And then that year we played Butler to go to the Sweet 16 in 2010. And we lost. We were up four, but going in the last media timeout, and we end up getting beat by two. And Butler goes on to play for the national championship. And so a year later, uh, we won the conference again. Uh, we got upset in the conference tournament. We went to the NIT and, and then Texas A&M opened uh, for coach. And he took that job, and then over the next couple of weeks, I was kind of up in the air. Was I going to go to A&M, or was I going to get the Murray State job? And um, was fortunate, you know, Coach did a great job uh, of really helping me get that job. And, you know, we had a couple good players coming back, and, um, you know, I got that job in 2011-12 was the first year, and it was really a surreal. Our first year there was really surreal. Uh, we won our first 23 games in the, in the, in a, to start the year. Uh, we were the last unbeaten team in the country. We got rated as high as number seven in the country. 
Uh, Dick Vitale came and did one of our games against St. Mary's for the Bracket Buster back when ESPN had the Bracket Buster. And we ended up going on the NCAA tournament and uh, finished 31-2 and two and, you know, won the third game ever in, in, in tournament history for, for Murray State and NCAAs. So I uh, spent three more years there after there. And uh, in 2015, uh, you know, we had another really good run. Uh, you know, we won 25 games in a row. You know, it was one of the longest streaks in college basketball. Uh, we ended up getting upset by Belmont in the in the championship game, and that cost us an NCAA tournament bid, which still kind of haunts you. But we were able to go to the NIT kind of quarterfinals that year, and um, and then from there, I I obviously got this Iowa State job. But coached a lot of really good players when I was there. Uh, Isaiah Cannon, who played in the NBA six years right now, Cameron Payne, who's been in the NBA four years, and you know, several other guys that really impacted me in that program. Well, Steve, uh, you know, the Murray State, I want to just stay with that just a minute. Um, you know, people look at that as a uh, mid-major uh, program. I don't. Um, I, think it's a, um, I think it's a major basketball program that plays in maybe a mid-major league. I mean, it's, it's different. It's not a power five league like uh, Iowa State is in. Um, so you, you, you've got to have the same players, same type players that you need at Iowa State, but the recruiting has got to be different. I mean, you've, you've got to identify the same type player that Iowa State needs or somebody like that needs, but you, you've, you've got to be a little, little better maybe evaluator, uh, somebody – that can come in there. You got this is the player we need. We got to get them before Iowa State gets them. Dean, are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I think that's the biggest thing. I think you really got to have great eyes. You got to be ahead of the game a little bit. And I used to never like to announce who we were recruiting or put scholarship offers out there on the table there, because once you did that and they see, hey, Murray State's recruiting Dave Odom out of Winston Salem, North Carolina. Now, all of a sudden, Alabama's going to call in there. Auburn's going to call in there. Vanderbilt's going to call in there. Ole Miss is going to call in there. And so I never really liked to kind of, you know, give a bunch of offers out there. You know, we just try to recruit kids hard and um, try to keep everything close to the vest so, you know, you can get guys like Isaiah Cannon or Cameron Payne. You know, the thing, you know, the last three, the last four point guards uh, at Murray State um, after this year, will be in the NBA, you know, or the or the G League. You know, Cannon's in the NBA, uh, Payne's in the NBA. Jonathan Stark is in the G League, actually right up the road in Des Moines with the with the with the Wolves, with the Iowa Wolves. And then John Morant's going to be a lottery pick this year. And so, like you said, if if you're going to win high at that level, like they expect you to win there, you got to have a couple high major players. Okay, so we got the Iowa State job and. You move yourself and your family out to Ames, Iowa. I've been to Hilton Coliseum. Uh, they can talk about the, uh, uh, the the majesty of being in the Fog Allen Fieldhouse. I don't know that it's any more raucous than uh, the Hilton Coliseum. Tell me about Iowa State. Tell me about the Hilton Coliseum. Tell me about um, the Big 12 uh, and, and how things are going out there. Talk about this year's team a little bit. Yeah, you know uh... – 
it's the I guess it was the the, the spring is you know it's kind of spring season's ended and you know things start settling down as you go into June you get ready for camp and summer school and you know my it's our anniversary June first and so my wife and I are riding up to Paducah Kentucky and all of a sudden I hear that Fred Hoiberg takes the bull job and so we're driving and I said you know what to my wife Katie I said you know there's not several jobs that I there's only a couple jobs that I would really leave here for. I said, but I think that's one job if if they've got interest that I'd be really interested in because, you know, when I watch them on TV, it's such an amazing fan base and it's such a special, special community. And a week later, you know, I'm involved with a job and maybe probably two weeks, maybe probably a couple of days later, I'm involved with the job and a week later I have the job. Uh, I think what you said's right. If you, if you pulled everybody in our league, what's the best environment in, in, in our league, I think you'd say Kansas and Iowa State kind of 1A, 1B. If you watched us play this weekend, um, I mean, our, our arena, it shows well so well on TV. Um, you know, if you see our fan base at, our, at the Alamo Bowl this, this, this uh, couple weeks ago with our football team playing Washington State and San Antonio, just the fan base that's down there, uh, Hill Magic is just, it's a, and you hear Fran Fratillo talk about it all the time. It's a top five venue. It's it's a it's a bucket list. Like we need to go watch Kansas at Iowa State. We need to go watch, you know, Oklahoma at Iowa State. We need to see Texas at Iowa State, or you know, because that's uh, Iowa at Iowa State. You know, my first game here. Uh, you know, Kentucky fans are a little different than than Iowa fans. I these fans here, they kind of they kind of will you to win and. Um, my first year here, we're down 20 to Iowa. We're 8-0, we're fourth in the country, and we're getting beat by a rival by 20. And we cut the lead to 18, and the roof comes off. I mean, you can't hear anything. Um, we end up coming back, and Monte Morris is with the Denver Nuggets now, hits a little floater. We win by one, and, and literally, they storm the floor because it's Iowa. Um, and it's a big win, but literally the arena's shaking, and you can't hear. And they got a great tradition here. They play Sweet Caroline, you know, after big wins uh, by Neil Diamond, and it's it's really a it's a really a surreal place uh, the way they support. But they support everything here. They support, you know, they're going to get sixty thousand every weekend for football. Uh, women's basketball is going to get nine or ten thousand. Women's volleyball is going to get five thousand. When wrestling. Uh, when our wrestling coach gets our wrestling program back to where it's been in the past, they're going to sell out Hilton as well with 14,000 people. Mm. Uh, we've just got uh, we've got one of the top five or ten fan bases uh, in the country, and our AD's done an amazing job of of really continuing to to build our brand. And so, um, you know, you, and you kind of fast forward now to the Big 12 and. You look at all the, you know, you sit in these meetings and you kind of mention I'm, I'm, I'm one of the younger coaches in the league, um, if not one of the youngest. And you look around, you see Bill Self and Lon Kruger and, and Bob Huggins and, and Jamie Dixon. And, uh, I don't want to leave anyone out because the, the league is tremendous uh, from top to bottom. But but half of our league are, are have been to the Final Four. Uh, you know, half the league is, is, is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Uh, but when you sit in conference meetings and they say, this is the best league I've ever coached in. You know, this is the toughest league I've ever coached in. And referees say, this is the toughest league to ref because of the pace of play and 
and how good these guys are. Then you sit back as a young coach and say, man, this really is the best league in the country. And statistically and rating-wise, we've been the number one league in the country, I think, five of the last six years. And so, you know, it's about having really, really good players, first and foremost, and obviously great coaches and and great venues. Uh, But Iowa State, you know, to go back to that, it's, this is a special place. And the biggest thing for here, what kind of drives you is you just don't want to let people down because they have such an admiration and passion for their school and for these kids. And, you know, what we've been able to do here with the program, and I think all the great programs do this, um, we've started a reunion. And, you know, the last two years we started it. And so this will be, this summer will be year three for us. And, you know, last year we honored Tim Floyd and, you know, my hopes is this year, this summer, is to honor Larry Eustace and one of his championship teams. But, you know, we have over 125 former players back on campus every summer now. Wow. And so, you know, Jamal Tinsley, Jeff Hornacek, Marcus Pfizer, you know, all my current guys that are in the NBA, Neeing, Burt Morris, Naz Long, I mean, the list goes on. And so this is a unique place, and they, these, these former players got a lot of pride in, uh, in Iowa State. And so I think that's what drives is, is not letting anybody down. Well, you know, I'm not going to let you out of here unless we talk about Maui. Uh, for those that yeah. don't know, uh, well, I invited uh, Iowa State when Fred Horberg was there uh, to come over and be part of the Maui Jim Maui tournament in uh, uh, 2018. And, of course, uh, Fred left and, and uh, uh, Steve Prohm came and took over and uh, he has taken the uh, program to another level and uh, came over this year. Had uh, He was – uh, kind of without one or two of his starters. I think it was two starters. I uh, still won a game over there. And, and uh, I remember um, uh, Steve and I had a conversation before he left. I said, you've got a really, really good team. Go home, get your people well, get them all back, and uh, you're going you're gonna to have a great year. And you, are, you, are spr- you have springboarded uh, into what looks like it's going to be a great year. Tell me about that Maui experience. Tell me about your team, and then we'll get you out of here and let you get back to coaching. You know, Maui, you know, it's for me, it's first and foremost as a head coach and, 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 a, and, a, and a fan of the game, you know, it, it was an unbelievable experience to be a part of that. Um, the, the venue uh, out there, the way the fans travel, you know, and our fans traveled out there, but just the environment out there in that, in that gym, you know, whether you, I mean, you could be playing anybody and it's just the stakes are higher, you know, it's just the, the, the you know, it's it's hot, you know. There's a lot of emotion. There's tremendous energy. You got all the NBA people out there because you got all these great teams from Duke to Arizona to San Diego State to Gonzaga and all down the, down the line. And um, you know, credit Fred for the amazing job he did here to get Iowa State in consideration uh, to be a part of the best tournament preseason tournament that you can be a part of. You know, in college basketball. Uh, and so that was my big selling point to our guys was, hey, guys, now these guys in the past got us in there. You know, Fred got me to be in there. These former players got you in there. Now let's not go let them down. And, you know, we lost Arizona, but we came back. We beat Illinois. We beat San Diego State. Got out of there 2-1 and one, and, you know, thought leaving there that we have a chance to, to be a really good team. But just the overall experience, uh, the way people treat you out there, um, you know, like I said, the games, the environment, there's nothing better. And early in the year, 
that's where you want to be playing to showcase your team and showcase your talents. And so, you know, we got back from there and, and we've slowly kind of brought guys back from suspension and injury. And so we've made a lot of, a lot of strides, you know, from the beginning of the year till now. Uh, but now it's big 12 play. So it's really, it's really one game at a time. You got to have, you know, you lose one, you win one, you got to flip the page and get ready for the next game. But I really like this team that, that we're coaching right now. I've told them the whole time I, we're the only ones that can get in our way. I like our talent level. I like the ability to play four guards and space people out. And then, you know, if we can grow on the defensive end and we can keep the outside noise away from this group and keep them selfless and unselfish, then I think we have a chance to make a really good run in our league this year. Steve Prohm, I, I want to thank you for uh, your your time. Uh, it's been an interesting uh Time traveling with you through uh, all the way from Vienna, Virginia, all the way to Iowa State, names, and uh, the best part of your story uh, lies ahead. I also want to thank all our our fans and our listeners uh, for tuning in to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast. Uh, I know you've enjoyed uh, listening to Coach Prohm, and you'll be interested in following his Cyclones uh, the rest of the year. So, uh, for on behalf of the NABC. We want to thank everybody, including Steve Prohm, for uh, their time today. I hope they've enjoyed it. I know I have enjoyed being with you. So good luck to you and your team the rest of the season. Uh, And for the listeners, to learn more about the NABC, visit nabc.com.